Hello and welcome to the School of Attraction podcast. I'm Damien Deeker and I'll be talking with you about a range of topics from dating, attraction, masculinity, sexuality, life philosophy, and much, much more. So without any further ado, let's get started. I hope you enjoy listening to today's podcast just as much as I've enjoyed creating it. What do you think is the most frustrating part of my job as a dating coach? Do you think it's when guys come to me and they're too nervous to even talk to a woman and that makes things really difficult? No, because that accounts for 90% of my clients. So 90% of my work is helping guys overcome a fear of approaching women. What about clients who come to me with really radically different worldviews about women and how attraction works? No, because again, that's 90% of my clients and a big part of my job is helping men to adjust the way that they see the world. In fact, as you may have guessed from the title, one of the most frustrating experiences for me as a coach is when I have clients who already have, you know, a lot of really great assets, a lot of great skills. They're already pretty social. They're already pretty decent looking. They've got a lot going for them. And every time they get close to a woman, they find a way to self-sabotage. And in fact, I'd go so far as to say that about 70% of the men who come to me already have the tools they need to do much, much better than they're already doing, but they just keep finding ways to screw things up for themselves. So, are you self-sabotaging with women? What can you do about it if you are? Keep watching to find out more. The first time that I really experienced self-sabotaging was with one of my clients. Uh, In fact, it was one of my very first clients. I think he was client number seven or eight, and we'll call him Michael. For the sake of this, that wasn't his real name, of course, but Michael was an eye surgeon. He was in his 30s. He wasn't rich yet, but he had just started, opened his own surgery, his very own surgery. And he was one of, like, I think one or two doctors in the whole country that could perform a certain type of eye surgery work. So to say that he was on track to have everything a woman could want in a man was an understatement. Not to mention here, I think he was about six foot two and a pretty decent looking guy to boot. So Michael came to me and he first did my 12-week in-person dating course where I was teaching him how to approach women, talk to them, get numbers, get dates, all that kind of good juicy stuff. And he killed it. He was already a really smart guy, already pretty switched on. And before you knew it, he was getting too many dates, way too many dates than he knew what to do with. He had to start getting really specific about who he'd spend time with because between his, his new surgery practice and dating, of course, he didn't have a lot of spare time. So he was going in about two or three dates a week. Anyway, Michael got in contact with me. Um, I think it was about two months after he finished the course. And he said, Damien, he said, I'm getting really frustrated. He said, I'm getting these incredible, like outstandingly incredible women out on dates. And because he was looking for a long-term relationship. And he said, but I tell you what, after two, three dates, consistently, they don't want to see me again. And I don't know. I don't know what it is. I, there must be something specific I'm doing. I don't know what it is. So I said to him, all right, this is what we're going to do. I want you to start recording some of your dates so I can hear what's going on because I think that I think something must be happening. So I listened, I I, I had him record them and I sat down with him and I had to listen. And it was interesting because consistently he was finding ways to screw himself up. I'll give you two examples of what I heard. So in one example, he was on a first date with this woman and she was really incredible. He was really eager and interested in her and they were getting along great. And he found out that she did a lot of really fantastic foreign aid work. She was really helping uh, impoverished communities around the world, like traveling a lot, spending a lot of her own money to help those in need. 
and he started to make fun of her for it. He made it part of a rolling joke in the interaction, making her almost belittling her for it. Like it wasn't his intention, was it? <laughs> but but this is what he was doing, and so. She was just sort of, you could tell by her response, she was getting colder and colder and colder. Here was this amazing thing she was doing that she was really proud of herself for, and he was making fun of her for it, and it just fell apart. In another date that he was on, it was a third date, and this woman came back to his house, and she said to him, uh, and they were making out, and she said to him, you know, I, I, I really like you, but Michael, we can't sleep together tonight because I've got my period, but I'd love to just snuggle in bed. And he said, cool, um, you know, you might as well just go home because I got work in the morning anyway. And, um, and you know, if we, can't, if we can't have sex, there's not really any point. So just go home and we'll catch up another time. She left and they didn't go on another date. Um, probably feeling a little bit pissed off. Now, you may say, well, each of these situations could be explained away by, you know, an accidental mistake, something he didn't intend to do. Um, but here's the problem. It was happening over and over and over and over. Consistently, Michael was finding ways to screw himself up. The second he started to get to, to really consider a woman for a long-term relationship, he'd find a way to screw things up. It was only when he was really interested that it would get to that point. He could have sex. He could, he could, he could have some casual sex with women, but he couldn't get a relationship because the second he got serious, things would evaporate. Now, the worst thing about situations like this is that when men are self-sabotaging, they, they can almost never see it for themselves because self-sabotage tends to fit really neatly in our blind spots and that's it's infuriating for the guys because what happens is very often when they're the victims of their own self-sabotage they tend to blame something external so you know a lot of guys will blame dating apps they'll blame tinder they'll blame women and women's poor dating etiquette or women's poor morality um they'll blame all these external things and yes sometimes some of these things are partly to blame tinder certainly has its issues online dating is certainly no perfect dating ground uh women sometimes are horrible with their dating etiquette i get it but very often if they were they're self-sabotaging at the same time so in spite of those flaws that do exist in the world these guys could do way better if they weren't getting in their own ways and by just blaming the external factors they stop looking any further okay so i've said all that you know it sits in your blind spot so how can you identify your own self-sabotages because yeah, as a coach, any decent coach can easily see it in a client, but I know that all of you have the money or the wherewithal to spend on a, a personal coach. How can you spot it within yourselves? Well, have you ever seen one of those really cliche, like, cop dramas where the chief of police is like, Officer, I don't believe in coincidence. Um, that's actually a very, very wise frame of mind. You shouldn't believe in coincidence because at the heart of almost all coincidence or patterns in your life is some form of self-sabotage when there is a pattern going on or a coincidence and you are at the nexus of these patterns like it's to you these things keep happening odds are eight times nine times out of ten you are the problem you're you're getting in your own way and that's how you begin to spot it so i'll give you an example from my own life uh, the most recent example for me of my own personal self-sabotage wasn't around women because i really worked hard on the women's stuff in my life but for me, it was around money. You see, it's a really interesting thing. I I noticed in my company a few years ago that I kept my my company would reach a certain level of income and then it wouldn't go any further. And you know what I was experiencing was that I I would so, start to make a certain amount of income and I'd feel comfortable with that level of income and I'd start to get lazy. Right, I'd stop working so hard, I'd stop being so creative, I'd pull back on the hours, I'd go on a holiday. 
Um, and I thought that was the problem, that I was getting too comfortable, that comfort, being comfortable at a certain level was my thing, and that I was just getting lazy and had to work on my, my, my laziness issues, and I had to start getting focused on the things I really wanted that were above my pay grade. Um, and I was focused on that for a long, long time. I could never work out why my company would keep getting capped at a certain income level. Until I thought about it, because it was really interesting. I used to do my parents' taxes before my dad retired. My dad did quite well financially, not crazy well, but okay. And I used to do his taxes before I retired. And it was really interesting. I was doing my own taxes one year, and I thought, Jesus, isn't that amazing? I'm making within $10,000 a year within that margin of difference from what my dad used to make. That is a hell of a coincidence. And you know what I should say? Coincidence? I don't believe in coincidence. And yes, I shouldn't believe in coincidence because here was the grind. This was the root of my own self-sabotage. As it turns out, I had a little belief in my subconscious which said that if I make more money than my dad, then I'm better than my dad. And and that there was, there was a disconnect there because I, I think a lot of great things about my dad. I believe my dad has a lot of incredible qualities, so, plenty of which I don't have. And so to make more money than him is to be better than him. That's not correct. So since I'm not better than him, I shouldn't be allowed to make more money. Now, the logical brain, the logical part of myself understands that's ridiculous. Making more money doesn't make you a better person. Better people aren't always wealthier. You know, I, I understand all that. But when something sits in your subconscious, this little thing gets seeded often when you're younger and your teenage years or whatever. If it sits there and, and it's not attended to, it can, it can linger and it can control your behaviors. And it was for me too. So the second that I realized that I could that I could reach into myself and work on this this area, this belief system in my subconscious, I could let go of it and I could start to perform much better. And I was no longer procrastinating. It wasn't really laziness. It wasn't really getting comfortable. It was a form of self-sabotage. So now I have to ask you, what patterns of self-sabotage do you see in your own dating life if you have to be really honest with yourself? You know, do women consistently give the same excuses for not wanting to date you? For example, one of the biggest forms of self-sabotage guys experience is let's just be friends. And let's just be friends about seven times out of ten, about 70% of the time, maybe 80% of the time. It's because guys are self-sabotaging. They've got a belief about sex or about expressing their desires. They've got a belief around that or a shame around that. And so they always hold back and they're never expressing themselves as a sexual male. So women will see see you as a friend and not as a potential sexual partner. That's a big form of self-sabotage with the same pattern. Or maybe it's another pattern. Maybe it's like Michael had and after every... Women just seem to leave you after two or three dates. Maybe that's the pattern. But whenever you see them, that's what you get. Another one might be, for example, you find that you consistently date women who have the exact same um, emotional shortcomings that your mother had, right? And it's to- it just creates chaos. And it's not the kind of woman you want to date at all, but all women seem to have this problem. See, I see that a lot. A lot of men say, all women are like this, but actually it's just all women you date are like that, right? So it's another form of self-sabotage. You you purposely date women who aren't going to work out, right? So that you can fulfill a certain belief system that you hold in your subconscious, subconscious about the world. So these are some examples of ways that us guys, we self-sabotage ourselves all the time. That's it. And thank you for watching today's podcast. As a high five for taking the time to learn today, you can head over to schoolofattraction.com forward slash personality test to complete our scientifically backed attraction personality test, which will help you uncover the areas you most need to work on based on your personality assessment. Take care and I look forward to bringing you my next podcast.